We are back, Biatches. The other Scott M. and Carla Renata are back, and we got special guests in-house. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Hey, 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 hey. This is Carla Renata, the Curvy Film Critic. Welcome back to Black Tomatoes. I know y'all have been missing us. You've been letting me know very loudly <laughs> on the internet. But we are back with my co-host, who is... Scott Menzel, <laughs> the other Scott M. Hey! Yay! And we are joined this week by someone who is so lovely and precious to yes. me. Her name is Jasmine Simpkins. She is with Hip Hop Hollywood. She's also a member of AFCA. And before I let her talk, because I'm doing her whole intro for her, before I let her talk, I just want to say that Jasmine and I were on Turner Classic Movies, where we are part of a presentation called AFCA Presents at TCM, the Black Experience on Film. And um, she's had two segments aired, so we'll talk about that a little later in the show. But Jazz, introduce yourself. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. That was beautiful. I don't think I need to say anything else, <laughs> except for it's hip Hollywood, no hop. People love to act uh -oh, the hop. Right, I get it. Yeah. It's hip Hollywood. I get it. She's hip like, it's hip hop. That hip -hop. might be a whole nother site somebody should start, because it yeah. gets a lot of love. But thank you so much for having me. I loved both of you guys. I respect um, film critics, I um, am embracing my film critic, my inner film critic, because I'm so critical when I see films, mm -hmm. and so I'm just starting to like really take ownership of that. I've been covering film for about 10 years, and I'm loving seeing what we're putting out in the space as of late, and I'm so happy you guys invited me to come and talk about the Toronto International Film Festival. Yes. I'm so happy you also plugged um, Turner Classic Movies, too, because that was such an amazing experience. And it's still going on it's every still Tuesday going and on, Thursday. Guys. Yeah, tune in and watch. Carla, your segment actually just aired. My segment did just yeah, air. It was so great. It was amazing. It you was. know what was really cool about it is that I got my mom and I watch Turner Classic Movies all the time. So to be able to have that experience mm -hmm. and then be able to, I'm getting a little emotional, Aww. to be able to watch that with my mom was everything. Yeah. It was everything. It That's really great. Was. So before I get emotional <laughs> and go into the Oprah ugly cry, let me introduce another <laughs> guest that we have in studio with us. She is one of the fabulous stars of Uncle Drew. She plays the role of Maya. She's been on Mad TV as a series regular. She has an extremely strong sketch comedy background. And her and I have a little something in common that I saved for on camera. So, Erica Ash, what we have in common is... Tell me. We were both in The Lion King. You were Nala in the national tour, and yeah. I was Shinzi in the company that sat in LA for three no years. No way. way, girl! Oh, that is so awesome. That is so funny. Where? L K L A all day long. Right oh, on. That is so cool. It's a small world. A lot of people, you know, it's, uh, Trevor um, Jackson uh, was also in the Lion King, and it's funny, like. You know, bumping into fellow lying. And so was Christopher we... from Hamilton. Oh wow! Yeah, he I was. Didn't know he that was, he was Simba on Broadway. That's so crazy. Chris Jackson, so yep. crazy. He was Simba on Broadway. Listen, we're see, aren't you glad I waited yeah. to get that? We're doing big things. Wow, girl. Wow. So you are here to talk about we're gonna uh, Lionsgate, which is the the studio for Uncle Drew, which yeah. you were in as Maya, is releasing that on DVD and Blu-ray on September 25th. Is yes. coming up. Yes, I'm so excited. It did so well in the theaters. I think we were one of the. Um, one of the top basketball movies of all time, which is amazing. Wow. And so it's a really good movie to have as part of your home collection, you know, like 
people don't do uh, you know enough of that in, in this day and age but this is definitely one that you should add to the collection and i'm really really proud of it i mean we we worked hard on the movie and i think it's just a really good film it's a feel-good film and it's for the whole family talk to me about some of the legends that you worked with because there was a plethora of them literally right now literally I yeah did. Like that, like thinking about like being in because it's you know it's literally me road tripping with all these amazing guys. Do you know how many people wanted to shoot me to take my spot? Like men were like, oh my god, what secrets are you hearing? It was Shaquille O'Neal, it was uh, Reggie Miller, it was um, Nate Robinson, um, and Rel and I were sitting on this bus with all these people, obviously Kyrie Irving, um, um, Chris Webber, and uh, Lisa Leslie, um, just a phenomenal, and the thing is, is that, you know, when the cameras were not rolling, entertainment, I like, bet. was just as high as okay. when the cameras so were you know, rolling, because so we you know were you gotta share. Secrets. So you know, what was the Here's funniest the thing deal. that okay. you witnessed go down on that bus? Because you know there oh were shenanigans. God. I know there were shenanigans. <sighs> there were so many shenanigans. Um, it wasn't on the bus, but the funniest thing I witnessed was <laughs> Shaquille just walking around with his butt hanging out of his robe. He literally, like the, the you know, spoiler alert to those yeah. who haven't seen the movie, like the one of you who hasn't seen the movie, <laughs> and, then, and you deserve this, sir, ma'am, right. whoever you are, because you should have been seeing the movie. But no, when the cameras cut, he walked around like that was his, you know, that was his robe, his, his set robe. I was like... you. Your your butt is hanging out, and it's he's ginormous. Right. So that was a ginormous butt to be looking yeah. at. It's, like, it's like the length of my thigh. I'm like, that's just your butt. Okay, cool. And he's just he's just so he's so playful, and he's so much fun to be around. All the guys were, and I think that I was the most impressive thing about them was how well they did acting wise. You know, but it kind of is, is par for the course because they're athletes, they're competitive. They like to make sure that they execute perfectly. And so, you know, they were all asking, am I doing a good job? What do you think I could do differently? And they were just so, so great to work with. I mean, the Chris Webber scene where he's baptizing the baby. <laughs> I was just, are you joking right now? And his, I loved his old man character. So, you know, we joke around about the character stuff. And then Nate Robinson he was always funny because he was digging in with the extras that we had, you know, and it felt like a family set Aww. the whole time. So it, there were a lot of laughable moments. Well, you guys need to follow it up then. Uncle Drew, too. We're just going to put it on out there. Oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to receive it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And see what happens once Rel and Maya get married and have babies or there something. There we go. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I wasn't even going to spoil the love right. connection. But <laughs> see, yeah, there's so many legs. For, right. You know, from, Anything could happen. Or, yeah. you know, Tiffany could come back yes. and be like, actually, I'm yeah. taking him back. And then that's a whole nother movie right, right there. Exactly. You know? so, I'm glad you did that segue into Tiffany. <laughs> so what was it like to work with her? Because she is like the improv. You and her, like, you're, you are really gifted at improv and Thank sketch. You. But that girl mm -hmm. is like a whole nother thing. <laughs> did y'all have some moments together? Well, we did, but this wasn't our first time working together. Yeah. Tiffany and I worked together on Real Husbands of Hollywood. Oh. Yeah, she played my cousin. Oh. So we had, as a matter of fact, our very first time working together, we took that scene, and ba the scene was supposed to be maybe two or three lines, and she and I just riffed and improv, and it became a full-on like scene because we just you know we came up with the protest i came up with like a rap for us to do and they kept all of it and it was just it was really amazing and you know it's really nice to be able to 
bounce back and forth off of someone who's got that ability and who's gifted and able to do that, you know, and can hold their own with you. And so, you know, in our in our movie that we did, uh, Uncle Drew, the scene where we're on the basketball court together, mm-hmm. you know, we riffed on that for a while and they used a part of it, but that was that was us just improving and riffing off of each other. And the good news is is that, you know, she's a person who can understand the ebb and the flow of it, which yeah. is something mm. that, you know, is, is really hard to do with improv. It's something I've had to learn, you mm. know. Um working yeah, improv, with Kevin and improv is so. really difficult with that 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 yes and thing and exactly. the, and you have to have that huge ability. I learned that lesson the hard way because I studied at Groundlings for a minute. Oh, okay. And I was used to doing theater. Uh-huh. So I was used to waiting for my next cue line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was waiting for the right. person to say what I had to say. And so through the improv I learned that you have to really be able to listen mm-hmm. to be able to engage in the conversation. Agreed. Agreed. But I think it works well across the board. I think improv teaches people really great life lessons yeah you know, one of the problems that we have across the board in politics and everything else is that people just don't listen to yeah. each other yes and if you do everything can flow so much more smoothly you know your improv game flows so much more you know so much smoother when you're like hearing what they've just said and yeah. you're not going super left because you're just trying to create something you get nervous you're like oh i need to say something or you know and then there's a level of humility that's involved absolutely so you don't have to always have the last word if the joke is funny and they've and they just did it let it be the audience is having a great time. Yeah. And that's what that's what the ultimate goal is, is to create, you know, something funny, a good piece of art. So it was fun. Look at you calling improv art. You go, girl. It, it is. is. It is art. I know yeah. it is. Oh, it really is. And it's not everybody's good at it. Forms. I mean, right. Robin did, Williams was probably the best one out there with that. Did you go to school in New York for improv, or did you go here in L.A.? Oh, I didn't go to school. You didn't go to school at all? acting or improv. I went to school for medicine. Wow. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> okay, so since you just dropped that right. mic on that, tell us about that for a second. She's How did you segue right? from like medicine to the Lion King and improv I and know. Uncle Drew? Interestingly enough, I um, completed my undergrad, my pre-med requirements, all that stuff, and I was filling out my applications. I was going to, it was between Xavier and Columbia. Those were the two schools that I was looking at to go to medical school. And I realized I was burned out. I actually realized I was burned out before I even finished my undergrad um, requirements. And so kind of my last year was just like this, oh, my gosh, what if I don't want to be a doctor? And, you know, I was doing internships. I was working um, (laughs) at Atlanta Women's um, Health Center, and I worked at Grady, and I was doing everything from hospital administration to working in an OBGYN center. And I thought... I don't know if sitting in a room with no walls and fluorescent lights looking at someone who's coming in because, hey, this is wrong with my body Mm. is how I want to spend the rest of my life. Mm. So I just kind of started thinking. I was like, let me just take a year off. And in that year off, I decided to just travel. I ended up in Japan. Um, the, The plan was to teach English just to make enough money to survive for the year because I was going back to teaching medicine. I ended up uh, with a bootleg company who shall remain nameless. <laughs> girl, we won't tell nobody. Yeah, girl, we won't talk about it on air. And, Continue. Uh, <laughs> and um, you know, the contract was wrong, so I was complaining to someone sitting next to me about the contract, and he says, "Wait, so you sound like you sing." And I was like, uh, "I can." And literally from that, he's like, "Well, I'm here doing this just to get the visa. My best friend is the." Um, is the band director for this favorite fa- this famous Japanese singer, and I play bass, and she's doing a concert next month, and one of her background singers dropped out. Are you interested in possibly coming to audition? I said, sure. Literally that night, met up with them, auditioned, got the job, 
and I never looked back. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was one of those it was one of those very interesting I tell this story all the time. It's so crazy, but it's one it was one of those um sort of moments where you realize that if you just take the step, the ground will come under your feet because that's not what I intended to do, mm -hmm. but that's what was intended for me to yeah. do. You know, that's a good point to make yeah. because a lot of actors that are listening to this or watching it are very intent on their lives going into a certain lane. Right. And sometimes life makes a decision for you that was not part of your plan. Exactly. And I think the thing that you have to do, because even, even, with, even with that, it still doesn't answer why I'm now an actor, right? right. Because that's mm -hmm. a whole different lane, like singing, yeah, especially is. background singing, modeling, which I ended up falling into because someone saw me at that gig and was like, oh, you should model. Um, ringside announcing, all that stuff doesn't necessarily segue Okay, wait, 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 wait. Ringside right? announcing. Ring you can't just drop stuff and think I I'm going to let it go. I know. We're going to be here for like two days -uh. talking about my story. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's really crazy. That's why when people ask me, they're like, so um, how did you get in the business and what should I do? I'm like, you got to just say yes. Yeah. That's literally what I tell people because that's literally what I did. It was saying yes to stuff that was uncomfortable and out of the realm of, you know, what everyone thought I should do or thought I should be. I literally had a year of saying yes to everything that came my way and then the universe guided me, God guided me or, you know, um to where I was supposed to be. And that's how I ended up where I am now. Hmm. I yeah. love this story. Yeah. I love yes. I love this story, and we love you here, oh Black Tomatoes, on Black Hollywood Live. We are so grateful that you came and joined us to talk about your story and some stories from Uncle Drew and dropping the mics about medical school and oh being side announcing and me dropping the mic on you doing, being a Broadway I diva. I, I was so glad I got you with that one. Awesome. I was so glad I got you with that one. We're going to continue to talk about some films. You are more than welcome to sit here and join us. And if you got to bounce, bounce. <laughs> okay. But you are more than welcome to stay here and join us. But Thank we you. loved having you here. Thank you so much. And make sure everybody go out and buy this DVD, September 25th. Right here. Six featurettes. You're going to have an audio um, interview that. with the director, some deleted scenes that you won't see in the movie theaters, all on this DVD. So make sure you go out. And I did want to ask you one, one question. Sure. Um, so there's so much improv involved and I know writers hate this question but there's no writers in the room today <laughs> how much of this movie was improv well you know a lot a, most of it was the written script okay most of it was the written script but because you have so many comedic so much comedic talent and then there were actually quite a few um, of the athletes that had some really good lines and stuff. When you when it's a good line, it's a good line and no one can deny it. So there was a sprinkling throughout. Let's just say that the turkey was written, but the salt and pepper was improv. That's a good way of putting yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. I love okay. you. <laughs> you were like, but the turkey. Right. You should that just come on and be a regular. You're yes. welcome. Oh, thank we'll you. Get you another want to come you. and co-host with us sometime? Yeah. I would love that. Really? Yeah, that'd be okay, fun. Okay, we'll reach out to your reps and have them have you come back and co-host with us. Oh, thank you. I, I really think you'd be fun. That. You could put some yeah. of that ringside host into you. <laughs> there you go. Bring it back around. Full circle moment. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you, Erica. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Bye. 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 All right, y'all. So we're going to continue with the show while Miss Erica sneaks on out of the yep. studio. And that cute white dress, <laughs> And that cute white dress with the zipper down the front. I told her when she showed up so that cute. I could never pull that off. <laughs> I got way too much cleavage for that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. 
So we're going to continue and we're going to talk about the first man. And what we're going to do, you guys, is we're going to talk about some of the films that, that Jasmine, Scott, and I saw at TIFF. We're going to do a little quick TIFF roundup. And um, after that, we'll go into our movieversary and the streaming pick of the week. But I just wanted to give you a heads up of what you are going to be listening to. So, first man. Don't you, Carla has so much charisma. Can we just Doesn't appreciate she? this? Yes. Can I we love just? It. I, and no, me and my wife sat here and we did a video for her. And I'm like, literally, at the end of it, I'm like, man. Carla has more energy and more charisma than both of us combined. She's so smooth. I'm just she sitting is. here watching she really you. I is. love it. I don't get to see you in this light. You I know, know you we, don't. We yeah, usually see she's you amazing. from film to film and She's all thanking that. me for doing the show with her. I'm like, thank you. Thank, so thank, great. I thank you. No, because Scott, Scott keeps me grounded. He adds a whole nother element. And if he weren't here... <laughs> It would be I would I would be floundering. Is he's like my he's like my sidekick, and you're nothing <laughs> without it. your sidekick. So, um, first man, first uh. man is the story. <laughs> Don't sigh yet. First uh -oh. man is the story of Neil Armstrong, one of the three men who were the first to land on the moon for the first time. It's a really interesting film, but we're gonna just play a little excerpt from uh, the trailer. No, not from the trailer. We're gonna play a little excerpt from. The thing that you and Ashley oh, did okay. to uh, go segue into the conversation. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, don't worry about it. So we'll just talk about first. We'll just talk about the movie. We don't have that that clip readily available, and that's my fault. That's so, okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so first, man, I this is what I think about it in a nutshell, very quickly. I enjoyed the film for the cinematic uh, masterpiece that it was because mm -hmm. it's a lot to be able to shoot stuff happening in space because let's face it you know going in space is kind of like wah, wah, wah. but it's it, you know it is i mean for the people that do it kudos to them that that's their passion but to watch it is kind of for me it's laborious so having said that it's really interesting to see the backstory on one of the astronauts and how he dealt with that. Yeah. The, the stress and the drama of having to deal with being a man whose passion is to go into space, not knowing whether or not you're going to come home or not. So there's that. I appreciated the 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 shots for what it was. I appreciated Damien Chazelle's vision and and how he captured it cinematically. But it was about 30 minutes too long for me. Hmm. I felt like the cinem the cinematography took uh, precedence over the performances, mm -hmm. and I felt like I, um, it 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 made you proud to be an American because you saw what these people um, sacrificed to be on the moon for our country. I was excited by that, and I was inspired by that, and it made me proud to be an American. But that's pretty much how I feel about that movie. Gotcha. Did gotcha. you see it? I did. I okay. saw it at TEF um, during its world premiere presentation. Um, let me say this. I feel like two types of movies get made during um, that stretch towards mm -hmm. award season. Slavery movies and space <laughs> movies. So... I mean, that's what you get every year. I know that's what I'm going to see. Uh, yes. And at TIFF, I, I know I've seen mm -hmm. a handful of both yes, um, yes, in yes. that exact same theater Don't where forget we about were. the Holocaust movies. Yeah. We haven't had a good one in a while. No, we have not. We but, have not. But well, we had we had one that was kind of sort of, not really, but it kind of touched on it a little bit this yeah, year. Yeah, that's why it's been Operation gone. Operation Finale. Of, yeah, yeah, that went in and yeah. out of theaters in like two weeks. Uh-uh. Exactly. That good. Okay, but go we, ahead. You know you're going to get your slave movie. Yeah, you're going to yep. get your space movie. So this was our space movie for the year. Um. 
Damien Chazelle, I also know when I see a film of his, you're either going to get breakout singing or you're going to get some <laughs> some labored shots. And what I mean by that is like yeah. it just feels like it's taken away. I'm in my seat and I'm like, just yeah. come on, yeah, yeah. let's get to the... Yeah. I feel like I'm delivering a baby. Yeah. It's like, oh, come on out. <laughs> and so I get you when you say that it was a little bit laborious because I, I totally understand. I wanted it to move along a little bit faster. But I also felt like Ryan Gosling gave an amazing performance. Um, I stopped looking at him. I stopped seeing him. I saw Neil Armstrong, which I thought was very important because I felt like initially the casting, I was like, really? We're going to go Gosling for this? Okay. But I I thought he did an amazing, amazing job. I thought a lot of the performances were amazing all around. Um, I, too, was very proud. It took me back to being in, like, elementary school and watching with my class and hearing about, you know, that obviously not at that period. I'm not that old. But, I mean, you know, learning about it, watching it on tape. Um, so I, I, there was definitely a bit of nostalgia with it that I thought was important that they did well. Um, I didn't hate it. I definitely walked out and I was like, okay, this was good, valiant effort. Um, I wasn't bored to tears. But I definitely do think there was something missing in it or could have been cut out. Okay. Scott. So my my opinion on this, I've, I feel like this is the movie I've been talking about for like the past three weeks. Um, Damien Chazelle has a story and he's been making that same story over and over again for his past three movies. It's the find your passion, forget everything else and you follow it. And because of that, I can give this movie so much credit, like Carla was talking about, for being a technical marvel. Mm -hmm. it's, it's this amazing technical aspect of the movie. But when you come to the story, and when you come to the characters, they're very weak and ho-hum. I feel like there's so much going on in this movie that just gets pushed to the side to focus on just Ryan Gosling as, as Neil Armstrong. The wife, played by Claire Foy, the kids, they just all get pushed to the side. And we've seen this beat by beat by beat before from Damien Chazelle. Mm -hmm. it, it's nothing new that he hasn't done before. And this was the first time that I've ever watched one of his films where I felt like if I took away the visual elements of this film, I don't feel like the movie would be that good. Mm -hmm. Because I just, I feel like the, in the movie lacked chemistry between the characters it lacked an interesting enough story once you take out the, the the space stuff and there was just no development of the relationships not only between him and his wife but him and all of the people right in, in, in nasa and it's like stuff something would happen to someone and then it would just be forgotten about in the next scene and there was like no looking back on it yeah, it was just right. very weird. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the next one, so we all have pretty much the same idea about First Man. The next one I want to delve into is The Hate You Give. This was one of my favorite movies, and it was one of my favorite movies at TIFF for one scene and one scene only. The scene with Russell Hornsby. With the kids on the lawn. With the kids on, on the lawn. lawn. Got you. That oh, was my yeah. favorite that monologue that he gives was everything. Let's take a look at the trailer real fast. It's about more than just Kalu. It's about black people, poor people, everybody at the bottom. I need to speak for him. When you're ready to talk, you talk. Don't ever let nobody make you be quiet. I ain't name you star by accident. Now, you guys, The Hate You Give is based on a book. 
by the same name. And it involves a situation where this young lady who's been friends with this boy for all her life, they are out. He's giving her a ride home after a party and they're out. They get pulled over and the police officer mistakes an item in the young man's hand for a gun, which is something that we hear about all too often Mm -hmm, in the news nowadays, I'm sorry to say. The difference with this one um, is that, or in this film rather, is that this young lady decides she's going to speak out. Now, there have been people that have spoken out in situations like this before, people that have videographed the events, people that were standbys, uh, uh, bystanders rather, at the events, and they have gone to the police and said whatever they said, but for whatever reason, it hasn't been taken care of. In this situation, this young lady not only speaks up, but she does so at the peril of putting her family in danger, herself in danger, and um, being taken out or harmed by a gang member who is friends with her father, actually, who was a, a gangbanger with her father. I really, really enjoyed this film. It, it, it was very emotional for me. I feel like Russell Hornsby needs to get an Oscar nomination because his his mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. he wasn't acknowledged in Fences because there wasn't enough for him to do in Fences. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. in this film, he's bringing it, and I feel like he need he needs to get a, a nomination for that straight up. I'm I I want you to say something first. So, no. Let me say this. By and large, to, really? I didn't walk away with any film that just overwhelmed me and made me feel. Just so like, oh my God, this was an amazing Oscar-worthy film. I think I walked away from Tip tip a little underwhelmed this year. With that being said, I thought that I was going to get so much more from this film. And at the end of the day, I felt like at times, I don't I don't want to give this film this 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 general description. At times, it gave me after school special mm. <laughs> um, because it got a little preachy in the moment. Also, I love Russell Hornsby. I was also a huge Lincoln Heights fan. Mm-hmm. And so what I saw in this character being this strong black dad um, was reminiscent of, of the TV show. Heights, yeah. And I couldn't separate the two at times also. Um, and But that isn't to take away from his performance. I think he's a brilliant and phenomenal actor. You bring up Fences. I thought he was also a character in that film that got eclipsed by the wonder and the amazement of Viola Davis and Denzel Washington. Um, I think Russell's an amazing, and he is the best actor in this film. I think his character is phenomenal, and I thought what he brought to the film was so amazing. Amandala, obviously, she's such a gifted and talented young actress, and she has so much more to go. I thought that... At times, though, her performance felt a little flat and weak, and I think it's because she lacks life experience. I don't know if she is a girl, and not to say that every actor has to experience the thing that, things that their characters go through, but I do say this. I think that as a young woman, a woman of color, she's very passionate about women's issues and things that we go through as women of color, and I love that about her, but I also do think that living life a little bit more and having a lot more life experience is going to help her as an actress and give her that weightiness that I felt like this character she lacked. I don't know if at times I believed that she had really lost a friend mm-hmm. um, and it was hard for me to really connect with her and see her as this character. With that being said, my last bit of critique that I think is great is anything 
thing that ties in Mr. Tupac, Amari Shakur. <laughs> you get a, a oh, bow man. down, bitches, from me, if I can say that. I loved it. I love that this was based on his, you know, very popular tattoo, Thug Life. I think it is going to help a lot of people who call themselves Tupac fans really understand a lot more of what he was about, that it wasn't just about the music, that he was also about the community, that Thug Life was a representation of something so much larger. And I love that this this writer brings it all around in this film. So, Scott. love that. I What's the, the, the wonderful young lady in this movie? What's her name? Amandla Stenberg. Yeah. Amandala Oh my God, I'm never going to pronounce that right. I butchered it the other day when I did the show. I was like, Amanda La La La. But I've been watching her for the past couple of years. And this is by far, in my opinion, her best performance to date. And it's finally a movie that's worthy of her being in it. All the other movies are just kind of like, she's she's so good in it, but that like the movie falls flat. I just remember Darkest Minds mm-hmm, a couple mm-hmm, months ago mm-hmm. and how disappointing I was with that movie. Um, I feel it's, it's very interesting because I felt very underwhelmed as well. Uh, I went to Telluride and then I went to TIFF and um, there wasn't a clear winner for me coming out of yeah. either festival. Um, but this was one that was near the hot, top of my list. And uh, I just, I was so moved by this movie uh, and emotional with this movie. Um, you don't know this about me, but I've talked about this many times in the show, is that I have four black brothers. And uh, to kind of grow up and see these kind of things unfold and watch this in a film, and we've talked about this as well, about this idea of having to act differently mm-hmm. when you're with a white crowd as opposed to being um, you know black, in a black crowd. And then the whole idea also of uh, Amandala being um, from a mixed-race family herself, it really adds a level of credibility to the performance Mm -hmm. and the role. Um, And there was a girl sitting next to me at the screening at Toronto, and she was just in tears the entire time. Like, I literally wanted, at the end of it, I had to go over and check on her because I was like, are you okay? Because she was just like, I can't watch this anymore. But... Just the imagery in this yeah. movie is so incredibly powerful. The scene where she attacks the white girl who clearly doesn't understand what she's saying mm-hmm. with the brush and says, do you like how this feels? You know, and, and just the reaction. I thought that was the m- most powerful scene, not to mention in the opening sequence of like what to do if you get pulled over by a cop. Right, so right. Um, this was powerful stuff for yeah. me. No, yeah. I do. I know you've got to move on, but I do. I yeah. do. I will say this. I also want to applaud uh, the writer and then also the, obviously the director. Um, his name is escaping me now. Uh, uh, and I, I'm already thinking ahead to Barry Jenkins. Sorry, and that's okay. Well, we'll just move on. Well, yeah, at least you I, won't I, ask Barry Jenkins to sign your widow's screenplay. Yes, okay. Oh gosh, no. All right. Um, but so, I love that they did at least attack certain themes: oh, culture yeah. appropriation, yes. code switching. Those things are important, and I think that. Um, I think that people are going to find that they can really relate to the And I needed to film. point this out because I've I said that this. we got to go. No, no, I said this on this show. <laughs> I have to mention it real quick. I said the stupid line, all right, on this show. I don't see color on this show a couple weeks back. And watching it in this movie, like I was like, oh, my God, I must have sound like a moron. So I wanted to bring that up on here. No again, worries. it was just weird because, again, it's, I mean, I was raised in a family with mixed race. So I didn't realize until I saw this movie how stupid and ignorant that sounds. Gotcha. So All right. thank you, movie, for, for informing me of that. All right. So we got about we got a good five minutes left. So we're going to keep our opinions and, and 
things short for this next one, which is If Beale Street Could Talk. It's based on a James Baldwin book by the same name. And it deals with this young lady. It deals with black love. I'm not going to go into the, the actual thing, but it deals with black love. And, and this film is directed by Barry Jenkins. And we're seeing black love in a way, in a very sensitive way that we've never, that I've never seen on screen before. And I absolutely adored it and, and want other people to see it too. How about y'all? I wanted to adore it and love it so much. I love James Baldwin. Um, I totally was excited when I heard that the rights had been bought for the book. I thought there were a lot of things in the book that were left out that could have been in the book. Barry, I heard that. Yeah, Barry takes his time a little bit too much with this piece of material, so it's really slow. The music is a lot. Mm -hmm. It's heavy. It reminds you of Moonlight, but it goes really slow. I, I told a couple of people it reminds me of like a of a music video like a like you would see on you know late night on BET like it just gives you that like love is definitely black love and it gives you very slow R and B we gonna you know just look into each other's eyes kind of a movement to it that it just it yeah. bored me a little to tears at points but Regina King hats off to her I think she's gonna get an Oscar nomination I think she's gonna get her first Oscar oh my nomination gosh she was, she's amazing okay she's Scott amazing. I Carl hyped this movie up for me, and I went to see it like the next morning after she told me I had to see it. And I'm like, I'm with you. I I I feel like the movie just dragged. I feel like it it tackled something that I feel like we've seen a couple times before in recent years. Um, Crown Heights is a good example. Um, yes, again, going back to my family, there's there's a part of this movie that I, I resonated with, but it didn't have that emotional punch yeah. for me at all. It really lacked. I, I walked out of it, and I was kind of like, it was good, but Moonlight was better. Okay, all right. So now that we've got all our movies out the way, yay, we did it. We got five, <laughs> we got five minutes left. I wanted to uh, speak about the streaming pick of a week. Sure. Streaming, blah, blah, blah. streaming pick of the week, which is Napoli Ever After. It stars Sanaa Lathan, who also produced it. It's running now on Netflix. It began streaming on September 21st. And originally, the the rights were bought by Halle Berry. Yeah. And somehow Sanaa got them. But kudos to them. They worked it out, and Halle Berry is actually playing a role in the film. So it was good to see that. Um, let's show a little bit of that clip, if we could, if we had that available. And if not, then we'll keep it moving. But, um, and, and folk will let me know when we got it, or if we don't. So while that's happening, I also want to acknowledge the movieversary of the week, which is Dazed and Confused. Oh, here we go. Let's show this clip of Napoli Ever After. This craziness has got to stop. That's right. That's right. My hair was like a second job. Now I'm forced to focus on myself. I wonder who I'll be. All right, that pretty much gives you a little sneak peek into what that movie is about. Violet Jones is played by Sanaa. She has the perfect life, the perfect man, the perfect job, perfect family. And when she goes to the hairdresser to get her hair dyed blonde and it gets messed up, she shaves it all off and she realizes that the life she thought she wanted is not the life she was meant to have. So check that out, streaming on Netflix right now. The next one is our movie versus... Our movie, I don't know why I can't say that today. <laughs> Our movieversary pick, Dazed and Confused. Now, everybody knows this movie's 23 years old, mm -hmm. and this is the film, that catchphrase that Matthew McConaughey has, all right, all right, mm -hmm. all right, it came from this film. It deals, it's a coming-of-age film that deals with the last day of high school in um, Austin, Texas in 1976, and now we know that Matthew McConaughey has gone from Dazed and Confused to the Dallas Buyers Club and White Boy Rick, which is in theaters right now. Let's show a little bit of that, if we may. Days and Confused, not White Boy Rick. <laughs> How you doing? 
You heard about the party being busted, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not to worry. There's a new fiesta in the making as we speak. It's out at the Moon Tower. Full kegs. Everybody's gonna be there. You ought to go. Okay. Okay, we'll be there. Okay. Say you need a ride? Uh, no, I got my own car. Thanks. Yeah, well, listen, you ought to ditch the two geeks you're in the car with now and get in with us, but that's all right. We'll worry about that later. I will see you there. All right? Bye. I love those redheads. <laughs> <laughs> I love that clip just because it shows you quintessential Matthew McConaughey that we have come to love and adore in movies all the way up to yeah. now with White Boy Rick. He's a brilliant actor. He's I really love him. Actor, I love yeah. him as an actor and I, and I really adore him as a person. So just to close it out, the LA Film Festival, the LA, the Los Angeles Film Festival is playing in Los Angeles this week. It started earlier this week on the 20th. It runs through the 28th. I'll be running to some to some events right after we get done with this. Love to that. Go, and we'll talk about that next week. And um, we'll also be talking about next week the old man and the gun mm -hmm. and monsters and men. And I know you got some opinions about the old man and the gun for sure. I do, I do. So we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> have to tune in to yeah, hear what yeah, you yeah, yeah. about that because I definitely have some opinions. <laughs> you have opinions I, on I, that? That might have been my favorite, though. You want to come, really? come back? Come back and talk yeah, about it. Listen, back. yes, if I am not at a junket interviewing somebody <laughs> next Sunday, come on I back. will definitely come back. They're all back. during the week this week, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, but I loved it. <laughs> right. I loved, I loved that film, actually. Loved, I mean, it's Robert Redford's last movie. Well, now now said, it might have been debunked. I know. <laughs> I heard that too. Which I don't want it to be debunked. Me either. I think was, that was a great yes, way to go out. Right? Yes. right. Yeah. But in closing out, I just want to say for the Black Hollywood Live fans, thank you so very much for tuning in to Black Tomatoes here at Black Hollywood Live. We appreciate you. We love you. We're so glad that you're here. And I want you to know that Black Hollywood Live is the first urban digital broadcast network in existence. Since its inception, BHL has prided itself on creating outstanding content in all areas areas from news, music, and politics, lifestyle, and entertainment. We've not only given voice to often underserved, like the Black and Latino community, and moi, <laughs> we've also provided new hosts, like moi, with the dopest platform to exercise their talents, like moi. And that's not all. BHL has done the same for many Hollywood A-lists, including Oprah Winfrey, whom has made several multiple BHL appearances and given us several shout outs. Hey, oh, <laughs> I want to come over to own. I'm just saying, holla at your girl. Um, now the Black Hollywood Live Network needs your help. And how can you do that? You need to subscribe to our YouTube channel. You need to go ahead and like Black Tomatoes. Also cross-reference it over at iTunes and give us those five, five, five stars. And Trust me, if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you are going to love it. And if you're worried about notifications, don't be. They're optional. You don't have to worry about that. So hit that subscribe button right now. It's easy and it helps us to continue our work and let us know that you did like us in the comments. And we'll show you some love on air, just like I've been doing for weeks and weeks and weeks. This is episode 30 of Black Tomatoes here at Black Hollywood Live. We thank you so much for joining us. Join me and Scott and another special guest who will remain nameless until next week. And until then, where can we find you, Miss Jasmine Simpkins? Wow, thank you. Um, you can find me at at Jazzakai, J-A-Z-Z-A-K-A-I, and that is across, across all platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and then also at HipHollywood.com. Scott? 
the other Scott M on Twitter and Instagram. You can go to WeLiveEntertainment.com to read my written reviews and my interviews. Thank you. And you can find me, your host, Carla Renata, across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. Join me right after this for the after show for General Hospital. You can always see my reviews at TheCurvyFilmCritic.com. And don't forget to tune in to AFCA Presents, the black experience on film, this Tuesday and Thursday for the rest of the month of September. Until the next time, we'll see you soon. Bye. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio. Instagram me, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host owner and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.